Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody is doing well this beautiful Easter morning. Uh, welcome to Dialogue's second Sunday School service. And this will be going on for as long as all of this is going on. My name is Michael Austin, and I'm the current chair of the Dialogue Foundation Board, and it's my pleasure to host today's meeting. Our prelude music this morning has been St. Matthew's Passion by Johann Sebastian Bach, performed by the King's College Choir at Cambridge University. Uh, just a few reminders <clears throat> that uh, there are now about 140 of us on this call right now. And uh, I'm expecting that to get um, even larger. So it's very important that everybody stay muted. And uh, I will occasionally exercise my prerogative as host to mute everybody at once. Because if, uh, if even a few people are, are vocal, we start to get um, echoes and reverberations and all sorts of nasty things. So uh, please stay on mute unless you are talking at the time. Um, also, we are all figuring out how to use these new technologies. And so please exercise forbearance and forgiveness. And um, we will as well, because we're, we're all figuring this out together. Uh, our opening song will be were you there when they crucified my Lord from the acapella group Pegasus? And then we will have an opening prayer by Margaret Olson Hemming. To the God of grace and of mercy, we are grateful for the love offered to us this Easter morning. We are aware of the light given to us in a time of darkness. And we are thinking about what death and resurrection mean for each of us personally. We're grateful for the time and effort that thy daughter Fatima has put into sharing thy word for the benefit of all of us today. And Please bless her as she speaks and teaches us. Help us to remember in the coming days to pass along to others a small part of the grace that Christ has offered to us and a better measure of compassion and generosity and a renewed commitment to caring for the least of these. We're so grateful for the technology that allows us to gather in some way today um, to think about um, our individual salvation and our, our how, um, what role Zion plays in, in that work. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Margaret. That was beautiful. And now it is my pleasure to introduce our featured speaker and teacher, uh, Fatima Saleh. 
Fatima was born in Brooklyn, New York, to Puerto Rican Malaysian mother and an African-American father. She's the eldest of seven. Dr. Saleh received her PhD in mass communication from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She also earned a master's degree in public communication from Syracuse University and a second master of divinity from Duke University. She is married to Eric Sorensen and they have four children. And she, along with Margaret Olson Hemming, are the authors of the recently published book, The Book of Mormon for the Least of These, published by, uh, by Common Consent Press. So Fatima, take it away. Good morning, good morning. Well, in, it's North Carolina, it's good afternoon. Um, this Easter day, I am so honored and just humbled that I get to, to speak a word into the day of Easter. Um, I always said that this, this occasion should always denote a desperate need to hear women and that women should be the voices that are heard on Easter. If um, there is a day where women were acknowledged for their deep commitment to the gospel, to, to, be, a, to be missionaries and disciples, it is Easter. And so with that, I am gonna start with a small prayer. Um, as Margaret did a beautiful job and thank you so much, but it's my prayer that we all as community can move in the great words of John today. Um, as we think about what Easter means for us amidst COVID-19, amidst America and global pandemic in 2020. Um, so as we get started, if you have your scriptures with you, I'd really, um, it's always good to delve into scriptures. So if you have them, let's open them. Let's break forth and go. Um, at any point in time, I always give this dis disclaimer with Zoom. I have four kids and they don't want to hear me preach. So, I was not about to subject them all to me today, so they may come in and out, but they're trying to be as reverent as possible. I want to start with John, and I want to start with John 20 this Easter morning. Now, this, we've got to know that this is one of the, um, John 20, verse 1, this will, the John will be a separate account from the other three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a group of women actually at the tomb, but for some reason, John makes this a very singular Mary Magdalene experience. And so we wanna take this as knowing that there are three other accounts that say that there's like a cohort of women and they actually name them. But John is doing a particular work here and we're gonna acknowledge that he's in the particularity of just, of just Mary. So we start at verse one of John 20, if you'll be with me. And the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone away from the sepulchre. Now, you would think that this, this is the setting, this is the start. And first of all, Mary comes when it is yet dark. It is early. Now, what you have to know about Mary Magdalene is that sometimes she's given a bad rap theologically. I'm grateful for feminist theologians who are like, you know, what she, what's been said about Mary hasn't been doctrinally proven on certain accounts. And so we're, we're not gonna talk about things. We're gonna talk about Mary as the person who has been accounted for walking as a disciple. She is at the cross. And um, as, as a good person once said, one of the pastors I know said the last at the cross, the first at the tomb. And so 
We've got to take Mary as this person who has been at the cross, at the foot of the cross, and she is up early in the dark going to see, meet the tomb. So she is there late. She is there early. And this woman is proving who she is in a moment of deep crisis and trauma. God has died. It is the Good Friday where we see God has died. And, and actually in a Christian calendar, Saturday is called Holy Saturday or Silent Saturday because it's the day of waiting. It is waiting. Is God going to rise again? Is God going to live again? It is a Saturday. And yesterday is a solemn day in most Christian beliefs of where we just sit in the angst of is God God? Is God going to do what God said God's going to do? So she's here up early. I'm going to fly through the next, next verses because she goes and gets Peter and she goes and gets the other disciples. Their bad testimony, they go in the sepulcher. Jesus is not there. So, and then they leave. But just like Mary, just like Mary, she ain't going nowhere. She's not going anywhere. And I want to talk about this particular experience of Mary starting at verse 11. So we're skipping past, fast forwarding through these, this text of where Peter and the apostles come and, and, and testify that the tomb is empty. Verse 11, and Mary stood at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. I want to focus on the fact that in John's account would be one of the only accounts where you get her weeping. This is a moment of grief. This is a moment of deep grief. Where is Jesus? And in the life of any disciple, in the life of any Christian, may, there are moments where we weep looking for God. And Mary is this sort of really beautiful depiction of a woman who's been there, who's been full loyal, but then she's like, where is God? And it causes this grief. It causes this grief. And it says it twice in these verses. She, she was at the sepulcher weeping and she wept. Now this, you got to remember that the scriptures from last week um, and most Christian traditions, excuse me, were discussing how Mary and Margaret and Mary was coming to tell Jesus about Lazarus and Mary was weeping. Like Jesus, you hadn't been here. Things wouldn't have gotten so bad. So we're knowing that surrounding Jesus' last days is a weeping. Woman weeping over death, over finding God. And I want to say this because I don't think we always associate our pursuit of looking for God with grief. I don't think we always associate that we're waiting at a tomb looking for God and we're weeping looking for that God. We stayed extra hours when everyone has left. We're still on our knees praying. We're still on our knees fasting. We're still doing all we can and still we're searching for this God. So don't miss this verse because there's a grief written in, in, in Easter's morning. So while there's great joy, but you got to understand that there's also grief with the joy on Easter morning. And sometimes we've got to really sit in what is the grief of Easter morning. Don't rush yourself to resurrection. Part of Easter is weeping. 
Then you see two angels in white sitting on one of the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. So here she's going to witness and two angels. And then I love the question of verse 13. The first thing the angel say to her, one says to her, woman, why weepest thou? It'll be the same question Jesus offers. This is powerful. Why do you weep? What a question. What a question of any of us in the disciple journey. Why do you weep? Fatima, why do you weep? LaShawn, why do you weep? Margaret, why do you weep? Mabelie, why do you weep? Sylvia, why do you weep? And the angels wait for the answer. One of the key questions of Easter morning is why are you crying? Why are you grief stricken? Why are you sad? Those are the questions of Easter morning. Why do you weep? And for all of us, that answer may be very different. She's speaking about they have taken God and where has God gone? Where has Jesus gone? For many of us, it'll be thinking seriously about why we weep. And I would like to know that Easter is a time, if, if you can think about it, of asking yourself through this season, why do you weep? Answer the question of angels. Answer the question of God. That's an angel question and it's a Jesus question. And she says, I don't know where they've laid him. Verse 14, and when she had thus said this, she saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Now I've got to say that I, for, for there's very rare in the Bible and certain scriptures that you know what's going on. It's like, you're like, you know it's God, but she doesn't. So you are in on the story. Um, the author is letting you in. John is letting you know this is Jesus. So we get this moment where we get to take a, a step back from the text and be like, Mary, it's Jesus. And how often in life have we encountered God and have missed God? I mean, how many times have we seen God and God is right behind us, right? Just look to your right, look to your left, and God is there, and we still cannot name it as God. And part of Easter morning is looking around and see if you missed God. Part of Easter is, have I missed God somewhere in the weeping? In the looking, have I missed God who is showing right up? And verse 15, Jesus said unto her, the question of Easter, woman, why weepest thou? And she, she tells him, sir, if thou have born hence, tell me where you have laid him. I will take him away. I love that there's a mistaken identity of God. I, that there's a mistaken identity. She sees him as a gardener. I don't know what she's seen him as. She's seen him as a person who's taken God. Um, I would like to talk about the incognito nature of God. 
that how there's like an unveiling and sometimes we talked and move not being able to see God for who God is in this moment. And verse 16, this is where I wanna sort of settle the last bit of my sermon, because I love it. I, first of all, let me just say this, when the question is asked, they wait for Mary's answer. And I think the angels and Jesus know why she's weeping. But I love that the question is still asked and that the answer is still given. And God and angels wait on our answers. God and angels wait on your answers. Go ahead and answer the question. Answer the question. Why are you weeping? Then Jesus said unto her, Mary, my gosh, this moment, this Easter morning is about your name. It is about the name and God knew you as Jeremiah said, before your form in your mother's womb. This is about God knowing your name and when your name is said, you know God's voice. Stop right there. It is one word. Now, meanwhile, he's asked her, why have you weeped? There's been several words spoken before, but it is when her name, it is when God of the personal, it is when God knows you by name, it is when God knows you by tear, it is when God says your name, says your name, Mary, your name, anyone in your name, your name, Michael, your name, Tyler, your name, man, your name. Can you then say on Easter morning, my God, you've got to love the deep personal connection of Easter morning. Easter morning is calling us in to a God who knows us personally. At the sight of resurrection, at the sight of grief, at the sight of Jesus leaving the tomb, is God saying your name. This Easter is about God asking you why you weep. This season is about God uttering your name and you recognize God because God knows you that well. It's a God who knows your name. And you've got to love Johannian text, the John text, because this whole Easter morning is a singular personal experience. It is between Mary and Jesus. Everyone has left. It is just this singular personal, personal encounter with God. And it holds its beauty in that. The God of your grief who asks the questions surrounding your grief. And when you fail to recognize God, even in the questions, God calls you by name, calls you ever so personally, and you recognize the shepherd. I'm gonna sit in that little moment for a minute, cause you gotta sit in that. Oh my gosh, can you just sit in that for a minute? God just, it's one word, it's even one syllable, Mary, one syllable. That's not even a long name like Fatima. 
It's just Mary. It, and that's it. That's all it takes to recognize Jesus. So I want to say this. May we in our life recognize when God calls us personally by name. May we have encounters of Easter all year long, all our life, where God calls us by name. Now, in verse 12, verse 17, I apologize, touch me not, I've not ascended, but go to thy brethren and say to them, Woo! Oh my goodness, the first missionary like set out this whole like go tell. Go, as, as, as the old um, spiritual hymn says, go tell it on the mountain. Um, there is so much beauty in this right here. It is the personal encounter with Jesus and angels, their dressing of grief and weeping, the naming of you personally, and then God actually, Jesus sending you out to tell your fellow brethren, sister, what you know. So can we talk about Easter morning just for a second? It's up early. It's Mary up early in the dark, coming to the tomb, looking for God. And many times when we look for God, it'll be dark and early. It'll be dark and alive when we're looking for God. We're looking and sometimes we can't find God. And that is not to be shaved. Sometimes amid COVID-19, we're looking for God and the tomb is empty. And we wonder, where, God, have you gone? Where have you gone? Or anything. We're going throughout life and we're wondering, where is God? And then, may God utter your name. May you respond. And then welcome to one of the first missionaries of resurrection. Oh, Hebrew woman who I might add, seven demons was cast out of. So don't, don't, don't say where God can't take you. Don't say where God can't bring you out of and do with your life. You next, last thing you knew, seven, you had seven demons cast out of you. Next thing you know, you having to tell the apostles what happened to Jesus. Never underestimate the power of what God can do. That is what Easter is about. And look, and talking about the margins, a woman being sent to men, to largely men who walked with him. She too walked with him. Could you imagine the sort of cultural overturning? Can you imagine the sort of idea of a woman telling them where God is and was? My goodness, if it's just like Jesus in resurrection to go ahead and crash cultural norms, it is just like Jesus to say, if I'm going to rise, guess who's going to come and tell you? Guess who's going to tell you? You who think you've walked with me and you got all this powers and church power, I got a woman. And she's going to tell you what it looks like. She's going to tell you what resurrection looks like. And that is the power because most of the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all pretty much end with women having to tell everybody else what happened in resurrection. Easter is about the marginalized, the people we think may not have witnessed God, the people who religiously or politically, we have not deemed them to hear their voices well. This is a God 
who says the most, one of the most important messages of the gospel I'm going to send through a woman. If Easter doesn't mean the radical overturning of cultural and political norms, I don't know what is. It is my prayer. Welcome to the radical nature of a God that shows up on Easter and tells the most unlikely of us to tell the message. Hence, today, you got a Puerto Rican, African-American, Malaysian woman who loves the gospel, also ordained a Baptist minister. Could you imagine? This is who, I, this is who you got sending your message. Mother of four, I'm grateful for a gospel where I have heard God call my name, where I have wept many times looking for God. And I've stayed by that tomb and say, where are you? In the midst of loneliness, injustice, oppression, where are you? And then God has called my name. Welcome to Easter, everybody. Welcome to Easter, brothers and sisters and people of God. May the cultural overturning, may the God who cares and asks the questions of why you weep, stay with you all your life. May God continue to call your name and may you preach the gospel all your days about a God who showed up about a God who showed up. I leave this message with you with my deep, sincere hope that we as a people continue to live into Easter, but we don't skip over our grief. We don't skip over Holy Week. We don't skip over any of the silent Saturday because all of that is a part of Easter. You can weep and then jump for joy. What a beautiful gospel it is. May God continue to call your name in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I will now turn the time over back to Michael, but I'm going to leave you with a small prayer, if that's okay. So I invite you to pray with me if you want. To the God of Easter, to the God who still shows up, be with all of us in this this season of sickness, death, pandemic, and yet you are still here. Be with us as a church, as a people that we do well by one another and by the gospel that has been given to us. May we be inspired to preach a gospel where God sees us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Mike, Michael. Off to you. Much love, everybody. Thank you so, so, so much, Fatima. That was just, that was beautiful. And that was amazing. And I, I feel generously fed this Easter and spiritually nourished. Um, I think we all are gonna sit with what you said today for a long while and uh, it's not gonna go away. 
and we will we will uh, work very hard to get both audio and video um, podcasts up soon so that you can still share this message with your friends and loved ones on Easter. And uh, we are going to ask a dialogue board member, Molly Benyon, to uh, offer a closing prayer to close out these insights. Our Father in heaven, we thank you this Easter morning for your great love and for the incomprehensible but magnificent love of our Savior. We, we pray that as Fatima has counseled, we will recognize you, we will see and feel that love, and we will act on it. We thank you for Fatima. We thank you for her insights, and we ask that you will bless her for her generosity and sharing with us. Thank you, Jesus. At this time of great misery in our world, Father, we plead with you to bless all who are working to solve the problems and the suffering. And we pray that you will help us to know in what even small ways we can alleviate the suffering of others. Yes, and we say amen. these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you for participating in Dialogues Sunday School this week. And uh, we, will, we will continue next week, and you will receive information about that uh, if you signed up for the Dialogue newsletter. So thank you very much. Thank you, Fatima, for a, an absolutely life-changing message today. And happy Easter, everybody. God bless you and your families. And uh, have, a, have a, a deep and profound Easter session with your loved ones.